All right, y'all. Welcome to the Frisco Hour. We have the one, the only, Ricky Rosario. <laughs> Love that. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. <laughs> my pleasure. My pleasure. If you don't know Ricky, man, I'm going to have him introduce himself because, man, we, we, got, a, we got a serious talent here. So oh, I appreciate you- that. Why don't you tell the audience who you are, where you come from, and your mission? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, so, yeah, Ricky Rosario, uh, originally from Union City, New Jersey. Uh, then I made my way to L.A. I am a Dominican-American filmmaker, producer, director, writer. Um, yeah, I dabble. I try to dabble in a lot of different areas of production and entertainment. Uh, yeah, that's you know a little bit of what I do. Yes, yes. Awesome. So in terms of your story, right, your transplant story, you mentioned that you're a transplant in California from New Jersey and now in process of the moves to, to Miami now. I know we filled yeah. this out a little bit. We filled <laughs> yeah. this out a little bit a while ago. So let's get an update. Uh, yeah, yeah. A lot's been changing, obviously, uh, especially this year, 2020. I feel like a lot of a lot of people's plans got kind of shaken up, uh, including mine. Mm-hmm. I wasn't planning to leave L.A. I was officially in L.A. for seven years. Um, but what had happened was, you know, the work kind of slowed up a bit for me. Not to say that there wasn't a lot of work, but when the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of things slowed down. And I found an opportunity in Miami to, if I could live there as a local, I could also work more in Miami. Um not that this is a good thing, but Florida kind of is really iffy on this whole pandemic situation. But doesn't mean that I can't be safe and that I'm not working with people that are being safe. Because because even through this pandemic, I already worked on a couple shoots where now we kind of have a sense of what the protocols are, protocols are to keep everybody safe and, you know, keep everything as close to normal as possible, you know, while also trying to work Absolutely. and make a living. I know, I know production in LA is always wishy-washy at this point in time because it's like when they do start production then someone gets sick and then a few more people get sick and then it's like yeah yeah what do do we do so that's what i've been hearing from many of like my friends in the industry también yeah and it's not like i'm i left la for good Uh, a lot of my friends were like oh you know we gotta do i didn't want to do like a going away or nothing so like i'm not leaving for good it's just this is there's just that point in time i think for everyone in everyone's career where they have to like take a step back from LA at some point and then get back to it, but just have to, you know, take care of other things mm-hmm. um, in the meantime. It's all a part of the transplant experience. Basically. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I was already in LA for seven years. So it's not like I would, I, you know, I felt like, oh, I, I've done my time that I can leave and come back because now I've, I've already established kind of a community there. So I don't feel weird leaving because I feel like I always could come back and that's not a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about your decision, right? Coming to California in the first place, what inspired that decision? Um, How did it come up for you? And how did it happen? Yeah, so California was definitely never uh, a dream destination from the get-go. And when I say from the get-go, I mean like even in high school, not even really through college. Mm -hmm. It was after college when I started well, I'm sorry, it was like my junior, senior years of college, I started interning at NBC. Still nothing about California, but that was like my 
really taste of the entertainment world even though i wasn't doing production i was working like in research and you know with affiliate relations mm -hmm. and with sales and marketing teams so i still wasn't in like the thick of production but i got to see the world of entertainment which was really interesting even just like even if it was just that the the boring side of it it was still interesting to see kind of like how the you know how the sauce is made in a yeah. sense Absolutely. So while while interning and then after graduating, I ended up getting a job at NBC. Uh, through through NBC, I was involved with a lot of the of these affinity groups. So there was like you know a Latinos at NBC, you know blacks mm -hmm. at NBC. Like they were very big on having diverse groups being represented being represented throughout the company. So it's like you don't know that there's a VP that's you know a Dominican VP in this other part of the company. But through the company, they they are able to bring them to like an event to talk to everyone and whatnot, you know. So those groups allowed me to meet my mentor. Um, I was helping out with the veterans network. So basically, everyone that's a veteran or associated with veterans at NBC, they always like oh, to yeah. yeah they like to hold these like veteran network events where veterans get to network with people throughout the company, you know, for better jobs or whatever. So through that. Um, I was just helping out my boss at the time. She was very involved with this, so she needed help with an event. And then through that, I met my mentor at NBC, and he was kind of the one that pushed for California. Mm -hmm. I told him I was interested in production after working at NBC for about a year or so, but that I didn't know how to get into it so much in New York, but I had already been hearing about, you know, LA, LA, LA. And his big advice was, you know, New York is great. He was like, New York is great. But if you have the opportunity to go to LA to just learn the business, go, and you can come back to New York whenever you want. But at the end mm. of the day, a lot of the decisions and a lot of the major like players are in LA. So, mm. and you know, you, people can dispute that, but at the end of the day, even the people that work a lot in New York, they fly a lot to LA for work. So, you know, once I understood that, it was like, all right, how can I get to LA to just figure out this production world? And um, basically in like 20, 2012, going into 2013, that December, uh, I applied for a USC class. So mm -hmm. I was like, let me find maybe some type of like USC course that, or UCLA course that can get me out there just to have an excuse to leave finally, you know? Yeah. Cause yeah. that was my thing. I didn't, I didn't want to leave without any plan, but still kind of winging it. Yeah. So I'm still going into a place I don't know anybody, but I still wanted to like give me a reason to get there. I didn't want to just show up in LA and be like, all right, I'm here. And not say that's a bad idea. I think, you know, everyone's different. Some people have done it that way and they've been, you know, they've done perfectly fine. Um, but for me, it was just like I needed a reason to be there. Uh, mm -hmm. And my reason was through the course. So I, I applied in like December 2012 and I found out like, I think it was like Jan February or something like that, that I got in and it was for that summer. So 2013, summer 2013. Uh, and that was my kind of like my gut check moment where it was like, oh, universe is telling me that I got in. So do I take it or not? Like this is the chance for me to go to LA. So yeah, I ended up telling my boss that what I wanted to do at, at work. And she was like, hey, yeah, I don't, want to, I don't want you to get pigeon-toed. And if you feel like that's an interest where you want to go, like, you know, go for it. So, yeah, so she was super supportive about it. And uh, my mom was supportive about it too. My mom was just more like, 
because I'm an only child, so she was very like, oh, you're gonna leave me. I was like, good luck. <laughs> I was like, let me just figure this out at least. Like, let me just go and you know, I don't even, I'm only gonna get one chance to really try to do this. And like, I felt like the chance was then. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about um, how you grew up being an only child and the type of support that you received once you made the decision to go to California. Yeah, uh, so I grew up as an only child just due to a circumstance that my mom, while my mom was pregnant, my dad got into a car accident. Oh and it, yeah, I left him in a coma for like 16 years. He passed away when I was 15. So he was like in and out of a coma. So, I'm so sorry. Yeah, so with that, thank you. With that, um, I grew up seeing my mom like a hard, as a hard worker. She ended up, you know, owning a salon and things like that. So I saw her become like, well, not become, I, I saw her as the first like business person mm. and like the first just person about work, you know, and providing and just like, but also supporting. You know, I played a lot of basketball when I was younger. She was always supportive of that. Uh, she was always big on like me being able to do whatever I had an interest in, mm -hmm. but also being mindful of like, you know, be safe, don't hurt, you know, don't get too crazy. Like I wanted to play football and she was nervous and I was like, well, <laughs> it's fine. So, um, but I had a, I have a very big family on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a lot of cousins. My grandma had like 10, 11 kids. Oh, same here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like each of them had like two or three, tu sabes, like it goes, trickles down. Mm -hmm. So I always had a huge like support like group, a huge like, I, I don't want to say like love, you know. Yeah, I want to say like a lot of love and support always growing up, which is always very nice. Um, so I never felt alone but as i got older and i started seeing people have like oh brother sister like oh okay i don't know what that's like i get mm -hmm. it like mm -hmm. uh you know and now i understand why like i'm such a hermit i love to be alone i could <laughs> people are like how are you spending so much time alone i'm like oh i'm the only child like i spent so much time by myself <laughs> like just keep myself occupied and um so i don't mind it at all but I, as i got older i started to say like oh i could see how life is different with another person like within your space or within like you know mm -hmm. i'm not used to that it was only just me and my mom always yeah yeah well that's so awesome to still have that support and trust me i have plenty of cousins <laughs> i some that i know personally and some that i'm still trying to learn and get to know <laughs> yeah yeah no likewise likewise for sure and so with with your move, right, you got the decision, the universe was pulling you towards California. How'd you make it there? Like, did you have a budget in mind? Did you yeah. have any? Like, what, yeah. was, what were the details? <laughs> give me give me the juice of that. Well, so, yeah, I studied finance, so I was very big on budgets already. Um, so after graduating that into that year or whatever, a year and a half, um, so I was living with two of really my close friends from college and, you know, I brought it up to them. I was like, yo, I think I might be leaving LA. I'm leaving to LA just cause like, you know, I got into the class, I'm thinking about it. And mind you, we all worked at like very big companies. So like I worked at NBC, one of them was at JP Morgan and the other one was at Goldman Sachs. The first one to leave was the guy from Goldman Sachs. This is like before we, I left to LA, he was just like, he left the company. He's wanted to do his own thing, cool. JP Morgan guy, same thing. I was kind of like one of the last ones to be like, yo, um, I think I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. 
and then basically before before they all before uh the jp morgan one left his company he was like yeah i'll take some day i'll take a couple weeks off and you know my other friend too was like yo i'll take off for work what he was doing at the time and he's like yo we'll do a road trip so i was like all right cool i could do a road trip too out of this la situation let's do that and that's kind of how i got pushed even more to do it um but budget wise they helped me a lot in understanding um like budgeting and trying to save money although we all learned it through school because we all took you know the same finance courses and stuff like that um but living with them really taught me like all right save as much as you can in this like first year or two after graduating and then like make a move and i think that's the a thing that a lot of kids after graduating forget or a lot of people forget that yo this job you have is not going to be forever so yeah maybe you're getting paid 50 grand 60 grand if you're lucky maybe even just 45 grand out of college but within that Mm -hmm. like learn to budget like where are your expenses going where are you spending too much money you know where are you like having a crazy weekend that you're spending more than you need to like you know trying to figure all that out and budgeting yourself is a huge discipline that i am very grateful for studying business to giving for giving me that awesome so this road trip you took the road trip and then they lived with you shortly after for a couple of weeks so they took they took off for like we did the trip in a week so it took off for work so we drove from jersey city to to la uh we were living in jersey wow. city at the time yeah it took us seven days we went to the south so we went like nashville texas um new mexico nevada and then we got to LA. Um, they didn't stay. They stayed with me for like a couple of days in LA, but then they went back to the East Coast, you know, to get back to their lives and whatnot. But it was cool because they took it upon themselves as like, "Yo, we'll help you make this move," because they knew I needed a car. They knew, you know, that this was going to be a huge transition. I'm like, "Yo, I need mm-hmm. my car. I need a bunch of stuff." And luckily, through that, I was able to pack my car with stuff. Right? I was able to pack my car with clothes and all this other stuff. And it was something that we all knew we weren't going to be able to do again and you know or not again but just it's very rare to be able to do that so often mm-hmm. so we were like yo let's let's really take this like full force let's do it we created a plan we had like all right if we leave june whatever we're gonna get there in seven days here are our stops who do we know at each stop who can we stay with that right. <laughs> so we just went all out and I'm, I'm really grateful for them for doing it. it was my uh it was so it was uh it was basically three of my friends from college so it was four of us total which helped with the trip as well you know so mm-hmm. it's it's a matter of taking the chance knowing it might be like dreadful mm-hmm. like the trip was dreadful it was an experience yeah, but like, yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was like the, that was like the first part of my journey was like i gotta just make it across the country right i hope we don't get stuck in texas where there's no lights and no service and like mm-hmm. let's just get across so it was dreadful but it was an experience that you know added to the journey or was a, the beginning to the journey over there and then it was a, an addition to like the complete story as well because yeah when i tell people i'm like oh yeah i drove cross country they're like oh that's crazy i just took a flight i'm like Mm-mm. my whole thing was like a journey mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely i mean i remember you know living in la for a year finishing wrapping up um, my master's program and at that time you know i had a few more intern hours i had to finish for the masters and i'm like you know what let me do it back home let me soak my family in 
uh-huh. before I officially moved to Cali and just like call it my own uh-huh. and and really really dedicate the time to it. So my road trip, I took the southern route too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely know that experience. Texas was so scary. Yeah. I was so scared in Texas. I mean, Albuquerque too. Oh, yes, yes, Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) All those places deserted, just no lights, only the car lights. Yo, what is happening? And then the tent, it's so windy at nighttime. Okay, so this is a disclaimer I'm gonna gonna let the audience know. Disclaimer, if you drive and take the southern route, do not drive at night. Yeah. Because there are high winds. (laughs) Your car will start shifting. And be mindful of the weather when you are taking road trips because the fogs, oh Mm -hmm. my God. I couldn't even see the car in front of me like within like five feet. It was pretty intense around that time. Yeah, yeah. It it changes. It's foggy. Then it's crazy storms and it's crazy windy somewhere else you're like how is it but you're forgetting that you're you know you're literally driving to different you know you're traveling through time yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> traveling through time different geographical regions like yeah it's changing just because you're in your same space doesn't mean it's not changing yeah <laughs> so the other question i wanted to ask which i'm curious about um you know once you started getting settled into california and knowing that you do have this kind of like hermit mentality where you can like be uh, like alone to yourself how did you establish the relationships that you have now um i credit a lot of that to cn hall uh, and especially my fraternity mm-hmm. side uh, taught me Shout a lot out. about <laughs> it definitely taught me a lot about uh, you know networking and not that it's like ass kissing but just understanding just mutual you know respect and mutual ambition just like hey you love what i do or you know we have the same interests of some kind let's help each other mm-hmm. so when i first got to la i was i was got, i was able to work on a couple nbc commercials through being at nbc mm-hmm. so i got very lucky through that thankfully um i met a lot of people that way and my goal from that was like every time i'm on a set i want to meet like two to three people if i meet one that's fine as long as i meet someone that i know one wants to refer me on jobs or two i can refer them on jobs or we can work together let's say we could collaborate on something uh you know and then the other the other avenue i guess you can say because the other thing with productions there's so many different avenues so i -hmm. started with you know commercials and stuff like that when i got to la and then through my usc class i met a group of people just working on like narrative stuff so i worked for free on a project at usc mm-hmm. as, as like an art department pa and that production designer got me on my first movie and that movie was like a b-level movie you know it wasn't too much it was like a low budget i only got a stipend for the week and i wasn't getting paid uh, but I was working in the art department and then I met the, the ADs on it. And if you don't know what an AD is, as an assistant director, there's a first AD and there's a second AD on set. I met those guys running the production and I became cool with them. And then they got me on the next five movies that I got to work on, wow. the, you know, in the next six, seven years that I was there. Um, so those are two different avenues that I started with. Now the music video avenue that mm-hmm. I, you know, that I've been working on a lot lately, that happens. That happened a lot through one of the relationships I had with a friend from New York. He moved to LA. He got me in touch with people he was working with, and you know we kind of just grew from that. And then 
you know, and that's the thing is that every time you, I worked on something, wanted to make sure to create a sense of a network that I, I met on these jobs, whether again, it's whether it's one person, two people, three people, four people, a whole crew, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's plain and simple. It's like, just don't be an asshole and do a good job. That's it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it makes sense. I mean, the the more you almost do do your job with intention, right? Because there's doing your job and doing what you have to do, but doing it with intention. Like, what is it that I'm looking forward to getting out of this? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people notice that. And they're like, oh, shit, this person was really good at that. I'm going to hire them again. You know, and there was, there's definitely a pattern to have to adjust to with production when you first get to LA especially for Mm -hmm. me going from like nine to five which you know a lot of people do it's like they go from nine to five and then they get into production it's a different world it's a different mindset you know (laughs) days no longer matter like any day could be a work day I could be working on Sunday morning 5 a.m to 5 p.m like that's just that's it that's what it is you know Monday to Friday that's not a thing anymore like you know working for the weekend (laughs) it's not a thing anymore so I had to adjust to that and I also had to learn how to be on top of mind of people so I couldn't get mad if people didn't hit me up, but I had to start hitting people up like, hey, I'm available. Do you need someone? Hey, I'm available. Do you need someone? Hey, I'm available. Do you need someone? And then like, mm-hmm. then you stay top of mind. And that also opened up work from for me from people that I hadn't worked for in months, whatever. But within within me working in productions, I had learned like, yo, make sure you stay on top of mind of people. Like they, people would tell me like other people that have been doing it for a while, they're like, hey, just make sure to hit people up all the time. And I was like, all right, cool. I get that. Um, so I make sure to do that. And I think that's another thing that people lose track of. They think, oh, just apply with a resume. or No, no. In production, there's no resumes. Mm-hmm. Yo, so-and-so needs this. They need a PA. They need a production a production manager. They need a producer. They need a whatever. Oh, hit up so-and-so. And that's mm-hmm. just how it works. Absolutely. Word of mouth is so important. It's it's really insane how word of mouth is, especially in LA, I feel. Like, so important. It, so it's important. Crazy. I think it's almost like a culture shift I'm being like too like in New York, I I don't know if word of mouth works so much, but I feel like more in LA I've experienced it. For sure. Well, I think the problem with New York and the East Coast is like the Lambon mentality, right? It's like Ooh, oh explain uh, that. Explain <laughs> that. To- Please explain that for the people. Explain it. Explain it. Well, yeah, you know, alluding to what we were saying before, how, you know, networking, trying to network is not ass kissing where, you know, in New York, the mentality is like you trying to ask for help or reach out to someone to like network. It's almost like lambon, like you're like kissing their ass or, you know, not being like true, which is, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's so weird. Like, what do you mean? I'm being my truest self by asking someone for help or asking someone how I can help them. Mm-hmm. That's my truest, that's like, that's the intention. So right. how is that a bad thing? So I think that's why we see it more in LA and not New York. Because yeah, in LA people are op- people are so open to refer people. Mm-hmm. That's like literally, if there was a way to make money off of uh, like, you know, referring people, which I know people do, you know, they get some fees sometimes depending on the jobs. But like, yeah, that's a whole business in itself. Just making sure you're connecting people. Absolutely. How, what were there, were there any challenges with your transition, culturally speaking? Or did you feel like, even though you didn't immediately have 
like the culture that we have here back east like, mm-hmm. did you feel any difference towards that in LA yeah I uh, it was hard to adjust to at first I, you know I definitely didn't get a sense of home uh, it wasn't you know it was a lot of Mexicans a lot of South Americans which yes I'm used to more Dominican Cubans Puerto Ricans you know I'm used to all types mm-hmm. of Hispanics you know I just felt that it was weird that in LA, there's only very like one concentrated like sort of one concentrated you know type of Hispanics there, mm. and not that that should bother me, but it's just so interesting that you know a lot of parts of this country are not as diverse as you think they are or you would think they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think growing up on growing up especially. In and in and around New York, you be you you kind you kind of come jaded to like oh yeah everywhere is just everyone right like, yeah <laughs> but it's not you know I go I move to LA and I'm telling people I'm Dominican and they're like oh so I'm like yo what how do you not know where Dominican Republic is what are you talking about <laughs> I'm like what Which do you mean so true it's so true and and I've actually had people take offense so when I say like oh no, like New York has more diversity yeah. than LA. And they're like, what? No, it's diverse in LA. And I'm like, um, statistically speaking, if yeah, you nah. Wanna... <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, a little bit, but like, yeah, there's different types of people. Sure. But you know, the melting pot that New York is and you know, the tri- that whole tri- tri-state area, I don't think is really, can really be met anywhere else. So in everything that we spoke about, we spoke about a lot of good stuff. Budgeting, learning about your networks. Yeah. What do you feel you would recommend to another filmmaker that's wanting to do the same thing or wanting to make the same decision to be a transplant in California? Uh, I would say understanding what worlds you want to be in and to what capacity. Yeah, and I'm just gonna say my experience. I understood I wanted to be in production. When I first got to LA, I thought I wanted to be on the business side because I studied business. So I was applying to management offices, I was applying to agencies, I was applying to to that type of work. Never got any of them. So I stuck to the production side. You know, I was doing, I was trying to do both. I was trying to say, hey, let me see how I can get into the office. You know, I thought I could be the next RE Gold or something like that. I was like, let me, you know, let me try to be an agent or whatever, mm-hmm. a manager. But, you know, that's not where it led me, but it still led, it still allowed me to um, experience being on set. And then like, that's where I found the true passion. I was like, oh, that, this is what, I, this is the side of the business that I want to be on, is making the stuff, not like connecting it as a manager or an agent. Because it's, 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 there's so many different avenues of work in entertainment in general. Mm-hmm. That once you focus on the area that you want to, you know, live in, or you know, growing, then that's when you have to start learning. Okay, what what does it take to you know become a, a director? What does it take to become a producer? What does it take to become a gaffer? You know, what I'm saying like, what does mm-hmm. it take to become a production designer? You know, what does it take to become a music producer? That's an entirely different mind frame and an entirely different work schedule and entirely different practice, but. Being a music producer also caters to, you know, scoring music for film, mm-hmm. scoring music for, you know, so 
they are intertwined. So, so I feel like once you have a more focused idea of what you want to work on and and hone like the skill you want to hone just work on everything that leads to that <laughs> like that's awesome. that's it you know it's like work on everything that leads to that you know i was able to grow as a producer by working as a pa and then working as an office pa so i learned like all the paperwork side of stuff so that's how i learned how to produce was like you know working close with the producers working close with the production managers understanding the day to day and you know all the paperwork that needs to be done by a certain time and all that other stuff so i saw other people doing that and i you know i learned a lot from them and i also learned a lot from their mistakes so then mm. even when i'm working or if i'm like heading a production anyone that's like you know working under me or whatever like let's say i'm their boss like i'm a producer i'm always like yo if i fuck up like learn from that please like anywhere i mess up and i'll tell you if i messed up just take that <laughs> be like mm-hmm. all right i'm not going to do what ricky did that's it that's all i want right. Any, <laughs> that's all i want people to like learn from me like learn from my mistakes but also i want people to understand like it's okay to learn from other people's mistakes and learn how not to like do that yourself or learn how like yo if i get into that situation here's how i have to handle it not like this person did or whatever and it's not a knock mm-hmm. on anyone you're working with it's just again we're all human everyone everyone messes up so just understanding how how not to do these mistakes and what or and what to avoid to not do these mistakes yeah and it it does take like failing at something to realize like how you could do something better oh yeah a thousand percent totally believe that and what are some things you're grateful for grateful for so much even though i mean i <laughs> seem like it sometimes i feel like i don't I don't think about the stuff that I should be grateful for, but I think overall I'm, I'm very grateful for the support system of my mom for sure. Um, mm. I think her being super supportive of you know going on and doing this, and even me telling her all the crazy hours I work and how like so in, engulfed in work that I put myself, she kind of supports it and you know she's always like please be you know take care of yourself or whatever and i understand that you're you know ambitious or whatever but you know please know that i'm here please know that you have to take you know your health first and you know she's she's very big on trying to find the balance but she also knows that like i'm on a mission and she's mm. you know she's supportive of that but she also wants to make sure that i understand that i need to take care of myself first so i'm very grateful for my mom i think You know, mom. yeah, knock on wood, a lot of people, you know, a lot, a lot of different parents or a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of people don't have great parents or great examples of parents. So I'm very grateful to have one that's kind of held me down and given the situation that she was thrown into, you know, kept it together for herself and for me and for my family. So I think she could have gone a very different route, you know, given the circumstances she was thrown into but she didn't and you know I'm super grateful for that and I think that's definitely helped me keep the head I have on now in terms of how I think how I work you know so truly truly grateful for her for sure yes amazing so with that being said I'm gonna do this little ghetto clink <laughs> I'm doing a cheers to to all of your success thank right? you 
all of your efforts, all of the moves that you're making as a filmmaker and within any realm that you choose to go to, um, just, just in meeting you and knowing you, and even like our little connection, like how we yeah. met too, yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, shout out but, to Dominicans in Cali, man. Yeah, shout out to Dominicans in Cali. And like, it's just so crazy how how it's also a small world. Like I know Jess Mocha and like- Yeah, yeah. yeah like what that's, that's crazy yeah. that's even funny too right like that's like two different worlds it's like my family world and then like my la world kind of oh it's like oh shit so you yeah. know my family a little bit though cool right okay. <laughs> so i'm truly grateful i'm so i'm grateful that you were able to be a part of this and that yeah, the audience can actually see from the camera lens right of a filmmaker of someone who is always working always yeah. dedicated to, to the craft um so now it's time for your shameless plug where oh, can people man. find you where can <laughs> people find you and what what's upcoming for you so you can find me in on instagram i'll just throw out that one uh so instagram the, the name is yo yo rick y-o-y-o-o rick um and you can kind of find everything there so there i'll have my links to all my work and everything that i'm doing or planning to do um but one of the major things i'm working on for the next year is trying to get the abuelas luck feature off the ground and running so mm -hmm. in the i'm in the midst of finishing off off the script for that and then it's going to be raising money for the feature and hopefully shooting it yeah hopefully shooting in the next year or two so um, I know sometimes it takes longer, but I'm feeling fairly confident that we can make this happen in the next year or two. Oh, I'm so excited for you, and I'm yes. I'll I'll keep tabs on that. I'll be on the lookout. Yes, yes, be on the lookout. I'm hopefully, gonna have more updates on that soon. So we awesome. shall see. Well, thank you so much for being a part of Refresco Hour. Yeah, thank you for having me. 